Hello and welcome to Accent of Women, a show by and about women from diverse cultures and languages right across the world. I'm Giselle Hanna. On today's program, we conclude our coverage of the current round of conflict in Palestine. Boudoud Hassan is Palestinian socialist, feminist and journalist. Hassan is a legal researcher for the Jerusalem Centre for Legal Aid and Human Rights. She's from Nazareth and spoke to Frida Afray, a supporter of Accent of Women. We pick up the interview between Frida Afray and Boudoud Hassan as they're discussing solidarity with women prisoners in Israel, particularly a prisoner named Khalida Jarar. Khalida has been in and out of Israeli prisons basically for the entirety of her life. Uh, And her presence in prisons also has supported so many younger female prisoners, uh, especially those who are not, not well known or not supported by their families. Uh, and who have who are and who are uh, come from poor and working class communities uh, and don't get to have the media attention. Khalida has always used whatever attention she has received in order to highlight their case. Uh, and, uh, and 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 there is no prisoner, female prisoner in particular, who came out of prison who doesn't mention the role Khalida. Even those who, with whom she doesn't agree ideologically, she has always supported every women prisoner. Uh, Khalida is a socialist, but she also uh, has always supported uh, women, regardless of their women prisoners, regarding regardless of their political affiliation. And they've always respected her. Um, I think your question again: this, the same answer applies. The problem is. So some of the the problem is we don't instead of viewing our struggle against the prison industrial complex worldwide, we view it against against certain regimes, and again this idea that there are some good jailers and bad jailers, and we will support the women who are imprisoned by the so-called bad jailers. But if they are imprisoned by good jailers, even if they are leftists, and obviously our support shouldn't only be limited to women leftists, and again, shouldn't only be limited to political prisoners. Because when we say abolition, we say abolition of the entirety of the prison industrial complex, whether the background of the detention, the arrest is criminal or uh, political. Uh, but th- this is also another problem is that we always privilege the, the issue of political prisoner and tend to overlook non-political prisoners, be them, uh, be it women or, or men, um, which is also another big, big, big question. And, and another part where we can learn a lot from the black abolitionist movement in the United States, which has never limited itself to political prisoners and which has always denied which has always rejected respectability politics that tend to privilege one group of prisoners over the others and has called for uh, explicit abolition uh, of all prisons and of the, the entirety of the uh, of this system that is based on the, the, the punitive system, basically, that, that has proven 
time and time again its futility in actually and, and that it doesn't not only does it not end crime it actually reinforces crime and reinforces discrimination and reinforces forced labor and etc so i think we read some of these literature we don't really work in accordance with it and that's one problem of how you turn the literature into something from something you just read in papers into something that you that moves your work i think it's also our responsibility as as feminists uh, not to uh, shake hands with the punitive system and to understand that uh, sometimes i know also again that this is again a very long discussion about feminism uh, but i do think that there is this uh, uh, carcelary we call it or the the, the carceral feminism that uh, pretends that the solution for example to gender violence sexual violence is always to imprison those who commit these crimes without actually when there are other models that should and must be uh, approached and, uh, and 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 well i do understand this uh, the, the the fear that they want to preserve account to have accountability because there is no accountability we also know that police regardless of where it is, has never supported, uh, has never really supported uh, feminism, uh, women's uh, calls for ending violence, but has been reinforced, the, the biggest force that has supported violence against women. So I, I think this is one reason why it has been so difficult to find solidarity, is that we as feminists in our own can't erase this or can't really think beyond political and non-political prisoner. Second, as I said, because of the commitment to distinguish between good jailers and bad jailers and decide whom we are going to support based on the identity of the jailer rather than the fact that we should reject uh, the prison industrial complex everywhere. And, and thirdly, I think it's it extends, I mean, any movement, uh, the, the abolitionist movement or the movement in support or in solidarity with political prisoner is an extension of all sorts of other movement movements. So when, when you have the same problem within the movement at large of breaking this, these political affiliation and breaking these boundaries, so it's not surprising that when it comes to prison, we are seeing the same problem. I've always been as you said at the start, if there is one issue that should unify us, it's the issue of prisoners, because imprisonment is an immoral and uh, inhuman way of responding to anything, really. It's one of the most repressive, suffocating uh, ways to treat, uh, to, uh, that to treat human beings. And add to it what happens in prisons from torture, from denial of basic rights, from surveillance, from, uh, from really uh, the, the gaps that go, the, the destruction of the spirit that these prisons enact, both on the spirit and on the body of the prisoners. So I think if there is anything that we should do is to use this rejection of this form of punishment and discipline in order to unify us. 
I do hope really that one day we can break free from our from these ideological uh, from these ideological cages really because I, I I do consider them to be cages and actually think more internationally and more universally of how to support how to have this overall and this universal movement for abolition based obviously on the hugely important work initiated by uh, black American abolitionists and which has reached out and which has inspired us to turn this literary and to turn this uh, inspiration from something that we read into something that we implement in our praxis. Thank you. That was beautiful. I, I totally agree with you. I mean, this whole conversation has been so illuminating. And I, I really agree with you that the main barrier is that we, uh, we cannot break through the, the prison mentality and the, uh, the prison model. And, uh, and of course, what you said earlier about uh, being caught up in the geopolitical games and not having a global view, both I think go hand in hand. Um, but um, but I agree that with abolitionist feminism, there's so much that we can build on, and uh, and hopefully people who listen to this conversation will reach out, and uh, so we we can really move forward on the idea of uh, global solidarity on the issue of su support for not only women political prisoners but women prisoners in general, and all prisoners. And, all prisoners. Um, uh, and they, they, I, you know, I called, I called the women or prisoners who are not political prisoners, I call them social, social prisoners, because exactly. they're still um, damaged by society and, and, and it's the fault of society and our, our uh, lack of care and lack of attention and all the harm done to people that, mm, that that and makes them end up in in prison. Yeah, they are scarred by yeah, they are scarred by institutions of exploitation and oppression, and and the, their imprisonment only make these scars bigger and bigger, and these bruises bigger and bigger. So that even if they get out of prison, the damage not only grows; they are unable to actually. Especially with, especially here, you know, Frida, the, the stigma that is attached to women who are imprisoned, yeah. Uh, yeah. regardless of res the reason. Yeah, uh, the stigma is a huge thing. It actually makes it very difficult to, for women to actually go back to life. Yeah. Obviously, there's a stigma in any kind of imprisonment, but for women in particular, it's a big factor. Mm -hmm. uh, not to mention the very the women the women prisoners who are mothers who are single mothers mm -hmm. who are um, I mean there are so many sisters and who are who, poor and and the vast majority of them are poor and working class mm -hmm. and who are even I unfortunately who are, who are even forsaken by mainstream feminism yeah and that's very sad and very and very depressing. The, 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 it's just that some some movements feel like they are 
people who are not quote unquote cool to support yeah. they add uh, they they kind of make our struggle look ugly you know yeah. so i they are forsaken not just by these systems of domination they are forsaken even by us who are supposed to stand with them and to understand we we help re-stigmatize them with our insistence on categorizing and on and on creating i know of course you should mention the motive and why and 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 why and how and, and i'm not saying that we should have a we should not speak of a category of political prisoners you said social prisoners yes they are social prisoners but in a sense they are also political prisoners because these systems of oppression that create a populate a prison population these are also political factors these are political social economics fact economic factors that because politics is everywhere permeates everything and it's our failure to actually uh, respect the humanity and the beauty of these people and of these prisoners is something that has let us down and something and 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 it's one of the really i think down of the many problems of bourgeois feminism in general i i should say yes yes i i totally agree with that and hopefully this conversation will lead to others reaching out and moving forward on this issue because it's it's just a burning issue and we can't leave it at this we really need to act on this issue and um that brings me to my last question i mean i could ask many more questions but i know your time is limited um so my last question is how can socialist feminists in the middle east region and around the world help the palestinian struggle Specifically speaking as an Iranian socialist feminist, I would like to know how Palestinian and Iranian socialist feminists can create strong bonds of solidarity that also expose the Iranian regime, Hamas, and any entity that claims to support Palestinian self-determination but promotes capitalist authoritarianism and misogyny. Okay, so... I think, um, first of all, I, I think that um, it's um, yeah, it's a very complicated question. I have to say uh, that really requires a nuanced thinking. Um, I think, especially for us Palestinians, there is always also this separation between yes. Hamas as a political party is authoritarian and has, and we have so many problems with it. On the other hand, the armed wing of Hamas is also our only uh, strong way, a form of armed resistance that we have. So, you know, it's, it's very complicated that we know, uh, but we know that once this war will uh, settle down as the blockade continues, we know how Hamas as a governing, ruling authority, a de facto authority in Gaza will continue uh, not just to deny basic rights for everyone really, but especially for women as a fundamentalist group. Uh, so this is one of the things that we should also keep in mind. 
so this is and I, this is one of the contradictions that we have we we have no option but to face really uh, you'd see feminists supporting and celebrating what we consider to be the victory of the people of Gaza and actually the victory of the Palestinian resistance against Israel uh, but on the other hand also acknowledging that this uh, victory, this resistance will be exploited and manipulated by Hamas in order to entrench its uh, its authoritarianism in Gaza. And it's not just Hamas, by the way. I mean, the Palestinian Authority is also very patriarchal and misogynistic. And despite trying to look to look otherwise, uh, I, I think that the I mean the dialogue knowing each other, speaking of what, how Iranian, Palestinian, Syrian, Egyptian, Saudi, Yemeni, uh, Kurdish, etc., Turkish feminists can do, is knowing each other, uh, recognizing uh, our joint struggle, uh, trying to network, uh, I think, especially when the situation is much calmer, uh, and uh, uh, rethinking the boundaries that have always been used to separate us as uh, leftists, feminists, uh, leftist feminists who are also opposed to authoritarianism, militarism, Zionism, and fundamentalism, regardless of what religion it uh, or what sect it represents. Uh, so I, I, I think this is very important. Uh, I think uh, what others can do to us. I mean, those, especially those who can, those who are, and I know they already do, uh, be it Iranian, Kurdish, Syrian feminists who are in Europe, in the United States, I know that they do take to the streets in Palestinian and pro-Palestine protests. They are also active in BDS movements. Uh, they write, they talk about Palestine. Uh, I know how influential they are in the Palestinian movement, and it's real. And I hope that many Palestinians also know that, uh, and, and and not just see. You know, whenever an Iranian, for example, an an Iranian singer artist who's affiliated with the opposition, an Iranian figure who is affiliated with the opposition, comes and expresses his uh, support for Israel, we see a, a storm and and, and so much. Uh, attention, but we don't get a fraction of this attention to the numerous uh, Iranian who are also opposed to the, as I said earlier, who are also opposed to the Iranian regime and who are also opposed to Zionism. This is never, this is not amplified, this is not highlighted. So I think uh, your solidarity and your messages of solidarity is really are really very meaningful and give us, give me in particular a, lo a lot of strength especially in these times, in these times of fear, of grief, of heartbreak, but of also hope, uh, hope as a foundation for a political project, because I think we can't keep continue without it. It's, uh, it's the most rational thing to do right now is to cling to this hope and to work moved by this and fueled by, by, by this uh, hope to, uh, to enact it and to use it as the foundation of our political project for liberation. I think uh, well, I, I do see that the future, as I said, that the, with new generations coming up and understanding and, and making this distinction 
it's it, it's going to to change. I hope that this is going to change. Uh, I know, as I said, it will take a long time, uh, but I'm I'm very look. I I, I have this faith that this situation is unsustainable, that people will no longer, there are so many myths that we have in, been indoctrinated on that we will no longer accept them as conventions or as something, as obvious facts. And we will challenge them, challenge them just as we are challenging Israeli foundational myths and Israeli fragmentation methods. So I hope that uh, this inspire us to challenge other form of fragmentation, especially fragmentation among the feminists, uh, leftist feminists in this region uh, to challenge all forms of oppression. I know it's, uh, it, it, I, as I said, it will take a long time uh, and it's gonna, we will gonna face a lot of uh, let downs and feelings of there is nothing happening or very slow progress is happening. But I think this is the nature of any form of political work. It takes time, but hopefully there will be some sort of accumulation uh, that will build and build and, and build on our efforts and our work. And hopefully what we're saying in this interview will be the start of something concrete. I agree, I agree. And I really appreciate um, your comments. Um, I certainly agree that there are many, many Iranians who oppose Zionism, but also oppose the Iranian regime and the way it's using the Palestinian struggle to promote its own authoritarianism, giving lip service to the Palestinian struggle, but not really caring about Palestinians mm -hmm. as, as, a hum, as human beings. Um, and. Uh, um, I also think that you uh, that there there are definitely a lot of women in the in Middle East uh, region um, and globally uh, social feminists who would like to network. And um, we um, you're right that um, these are this uh, this is a time of fear, but also time of hope and uh, possibilities. And the current situation is unsustainable. And um, I look forward to uh, coming back to you um, and um, continuing this conversation. And uh, is there anything else that you want to say before we uh, end the conversation? No, I just want to thank you for uh, this conversation. Really, it was a food, food for thought uh, of also making me think about uh, uh, we didn't prepare for this, you know, so it's kind of you probably caught me un, uh, unprepared. And especially sometimes in, the, in these days, I have to admit that as much as we like to analyze, when you are on the street, it's a bit difficult to be 100% rational, uh, especially in such a historic moment like the one we're, we're going through, and especially with all the adrenaline uh, streaming in and it's, um, and, and, and I have not uh, had such a long conversation for a long time, uh, especially before what happened. It was a very difficult couple of years, especially a very, very difficult year. So there was a some, somewhat a revival of spirit, revival of possibility that this uprising, uprising has brought with it. 
So I just thank you for allowing me to think out loud and for us challenging me with these questions and with really stimulating me to think. And hopefully it will, we will have uh, other conversations and we will keep thinking together and keep working together and working together for a better future for all of us. Thank you. And, and I just want to say, Bedor, that even when you say you're caught unprepared, you're so thoughtful and so articulate that um, if that's what being caught unprepared means, then I don't know what you can do when you're prepared because this is tremendous. And, and I learned a lot from our conversation. Thank you so much. And that concludes our three-part special focusing on the current Palestinian conflict. You can hear all three parts of this series on the podcast, and I'll give you the details to access that in just a minute. But that's all we have time for on today's program of Accent of Women. Accent of Women is produced in the Melbourne studios of Community Radio 3CR with the financial assistance of the Community Broadcasting Foundation. The show is distributed nationally via the Community Radio Network with special thanks to the Community Broadcasting Association of Australia. The music for Accent of Women was written and produced by George Kunjeri. If you want to hear this show again or any of our previous programs, you can download the podcast from 3CR's website. That's 3cr.org.au. Go to the Accent of Women page and follow the links to this week's show. If you want to get in touch with the producers of the show, you can write to us at accentofwomen at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter or like our page on Facebook. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Giselle Hanna and I look forward to your company again next week. Listener.